Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Right, this is Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR 855 on the AM dial. Who knows what happened to our introduction, but that's life. We don't need an introduction, do we? We never need an introduction on this program. Now... I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to be a rec- we're bringing in a recidivist into the studio. But last time, our friend, Mr. Greg Rolls, was actually a guest, and he had a guest. So we, it was a three-way kind of contest. This with, time, with the Empress, it was four. With of the us. Empress, four of us. Yeah. yeah. This time, there's only two of us. The Dowager is uh, indisposed. Mm-hmm. Your friend is in hospital. You didn't poison him, did you? I think we're still on. Yeah. I was just checking. Just checking. What's his name? Uh, his mum, uh, I won't say his name. No, no, but his first name? Uh, Rory. Yeah. Rory, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. And, uh, obviously we send him our best. Yeah. And hopefully he'll, uh, come out soon. That's the main thing. Yeah, that's right. You know, hospitals is a, can be pleasant and sometimes can be very unpleasant depending on what you're in for. So how are you going, Joe? Uh, excuse me, I'll do the interviews here. <laughs> Greg, I know I've talked to you before, but it really wasn't a, it was a four-way conversation. We didn't really, uh, You've got a bit of an interesting life, I understand, but uh, we'll just do a few preliminary, you know, things and then we'll move on. How old are you? Um, 36 now. Yeah, can you just... Can I think you, I was 33 last time. How come you've lost all your, most of your hair and you're only 36, mate? Oh, I've been reading the news. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, look uh, listeners, it's going to be one of those interviews. Yeah. We're going to try to upstage each other over the next hour, so... Uh, I think you're the master of that, so I won't try much at all. Uh, look, look, Greg, I'm get, getting old. You know the old story, there's the young lion and the, new, and the old lion, <laughs> and the old lion always slinks off into the and dies in the desert world. Oh, no. I'm the old lion, you're the young lion. Uh, you know? You're so, too old to be the young lion. <laughs> no, 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 no. 36, is that all you are? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, extraordinary. November 81, just in case anyone wants to send a birthday card. Yeah. Well, anybody wants to stalk you, they, <laughs> they've got your name, Greg Rolls, the month, and you may be getting a lot of bills in the next few days. Oh, dear. Yeah, no, all right. Yeah, forget you heard or, that, people. Or, or pizzas may turn up, or yeah. fish and chips, or <laughs> parcel bombs, you know. Oh, send it around. Uh, yeah. Not the parcel bombs, but no, the food's good. The food's good. Yeah. So, has your life changed much? I remember last time you were living in an intentional community with uh, uh, people who had uh, profound... Um, physical and I think intellectual and maybe uh, uh, mental disabilities, is that correct? Uh, well, I lived, I was living in, or well, just about to live in, it was just before I moved in, a community called Lache, yep. which is French for the Ark, uh-huh. and it's a community for people with and without intellectual disabilities, and right. we live together. Right. Yeah, so I'm still living there. You're still there three years later? Yeah, yeah. It's could, been, could, yeah. Could you explain how it works? Um I can give a really brief history. Lash was yeah. started in 1964, I think. I could get the year wrong. Apologies to everyone in Lash by a guy called Jean Vanya, who in France, who was a bit like, what do I do with my life? He was in World War II when he was all suffering the world's really bad. What do I do? And he sort of mucked around France for a while. And then uh, there was this priest who told him about these people who were living in institutions. And he said, if you want to see the really, you know, people who really have a bad in our society, go and visit them. And he was moved by what he saw. So he rented a house in Trolley in France and moved in with a couple of guys with intellectual disabilities. And since there, it's gone on. It's net, we're now in, a, I think we're in over 30 countries around the world and lots of different places. Um, it was founded originally as a Christian community, but 
Uh, we're all over the place with all sorts of religion and no religion, really. So, yeah, it's more about just being together. So it's people sort of say, oh, it's disability service, but it's not. It's community where, you know, we're friends and we live together as best we can. So, right. yeah. How difficult is it? Or how easy is it? I'll ask <laughs> Um, Obviously, there's good and bad points to everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm there because I chose, uh, you know, I'm interested in radical community. Like, I'm very interested in the injustices in the world. You know, we're using so many resources. There's people dying in Yemen for our petrol right now, and I just wanted to use less. That's what got me into community in the first place. So to be in community uh, with with um, you know the Lash communities, it's great. It's it's hard. Like sharing your life's always hard, and it's it's amazing. So. Um, you know, the friendships that you form are, are really good. It can be hard and it, and it can be really joyful too. So there's a nice political answer for you. Yeah, do they do, do you do any uh, personal caring in the community? Um, yeah, well, we take care of each other, to be honest with you, Joe. So, um. How does that work? Well, yeah, so I, you know, I, I do take care of some people with disabilities, but also, the people with disabilities take take care of me in lots of ways. You know, I've had a f- rough few years with um, PTSD and whatnot from some anti-war activism, and the emotional support I've gotten from the guys I live with and the people in my communities probably got me through it, I'd say. Like, just um, you know, people who know how to live in the moment and find joy in everything that I might overthink, it's, it's a real gift, you know. So, um, yeah, so to say that I support them when they also support me, it's, you know, it's a real friendship is what you start to form. I guess a little bit like... Being in a monastery for you? A little bit, except I get to go to 7-Eleven. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to pray five times a day. don't have to pray five times a day, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you don't no. You have to whip yourself or anything like that. Well, I don't know well, what monastery you, you go to, you said, you, said, you said you went through a period, or you're going through a period of post, post-traumatic stress disorder due to anti-war activities. Yeah. What type of anti-war activities were you involved in? Uh, in October 2014, uh, four of us, well, actually eight of us went on to Swan Island. Which, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I was uh, assaulted by members of the special air services mm-hmm. um and uh it was briefly but it was enough like it just shook me up and um you know made me feel like i was well, what actually happened to you uh so we went on at a yeah, pretty early in the morning and um uh it was actually the day we the the peace convergence had happened there for for a few years and uh the the, the thing that made me want to like um, bump it up a bit and do some trespassing and get some media was australia was about to start bombing syria mm-hmm. so i said we really need to do something to get media and and disrupt the preparations for war in another country so early in the morning we went on eight of us went on in two groups of four uh, and uh, the group of four i was in we went in and we rang a competitive radio station um mm-hmm. um and got on their morning chat show it was a very conservative one mm-hmm. and uh According to the internal military report, the guys on the island heard this and were very pissed off, so they came out to find us. Um, and so we were. Hang on, hang on. Let's, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go one step further. I don't think most people understand what's down there at Queenscliff. So, what is the island called? It's called Swan Island. And, and obviously, people go there for rest and recreation and boating. Do well, they? There's a golf course on it and yacht yeah. club. But yeah. uh, what happens yeah. there as well is the uh, it's 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 one of the training bases for a very secretive group called the SAS Four Squadron. Mm. It was one of the groups. And what they do is they train how to interrogate people, say so how to burst into people's homes in the middle of the night drag you away, make sure that you answer questions and give them the answers they want. That's where they're trained to do it. Sounds like the uh, building commission. <laughs> <laughs> you, re- you realise that uh, CFMEU members and building workers have actually got less rights than uh, if I imported a billion dollars worth of ice. Right. Legal, because they've yeah. got a, it's, a, it's like being called before the National Crime Commission. You can't talk about it for five years. If you talk about it, you can be jailed. You have to answer questions. 
and it goes on and on. But 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 that I can understand. I actually know that because I've been listening to three CR. So oh, well, 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 I thought maybe you had been interviewed by the National Crime Commission. No, no. no well, yet. you deny you would be, and wouldn't yeah, anyway. Yeah, otherwise, not, not that I can talk about on air. Exactly. <laughs> I was actually talking to somebody who'd been interviewed about over five years ago, so get it right, uh, yeah. a few days ago, and uh, he, uh, he said uh, he, he's not a very intellectual chap. He's a you know, bit like rough yourself, and ready, really. Yeah, like you, mate, not like me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a bit rough and ready, and he said he was told he was in an invidious situation. Invidious. And he didn't know what it meant. Oh, that's a that's a movie, isn't it? Invidious. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he thought, what, 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 what's what's all this about? Ah, but that that's a different story. Yeah. So the, this is a training base, basically. Yeah, yeah. So SAS Four Squadron. So I, what is is the island divided in two? Do they have a land there? You said you actually went onto their land. Yeah. Well, we got onto the base. Um, so there is a base on Swan Island. There is. In 2013, when we about 14 of us walked on, we actually oh. got over the bridge and then we went around a fence through uh, through um, through some water and onto the fence. And about um, 11 of us got through and onto the base that day. Right. In 2014, there was eight of us and we went by you know another right. means. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so people took a little bit of a, um, how shall we make it, lynch mob justice, because you upset their uh, routine. Is that yeah. was that what I'd describe it as? One of the lines of the guy was, "This is our island," and I felt like a moment. I, you know, I used to watch that TV show Lost. And yes. <laughs> this is our island. <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like. I was just yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, mate. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they were pretty, they were pretty, pretty pissed off at us, mm, and um, yeah. and they 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 later claimed that oh, we didn't know they they could have been terrorists because look at what happened at the time. But mm. the other four people, Joe, were um, handled with absolute kid clubs by the police yeah. they were mm-hmm. you know the police found them and they you know my friend said oh, i'm going to plant some seeds you know like symbolic seeds for peace or something and uh and the police were like okay finish planting take your yeah. time and then yeah. when he refused to get in the van they backed the van up to him and yeah, yeah. you know so, him in. very yeah. nice so oh, very nice but you, know, you you got the army they got the police that's right so, so how, how did it affect you um i i suffered trauma from it um what do you mean uh you know it it's um affected me so i i had flashbacks for a long time and you know i still sometimes do and dream about it um and uh for a for a while after that i i was wary about going out in public like mm. who was around and what mm. it's just a sudden thing where you you um you know though i once heard trauma described as the the difference between knowing you're going to die one day and feeling like you mm. might die mm. and it's just how vulnerable you can become mm. and feel so mm. yeah and then i you know well, were you charged with anything uh, we got we got done for trespass, Commonwealth trespass, um, right, right. <clears throat> which which uh, you know we pleaded guilty to. And what were you fined or a good behaviour? Uh, hundred bucks or something. something yeah. Plead guilty, hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and were the other people assaulted also? There was three others who were assaulted. Yeah, and I remember I remember some publicity about that. And uh, yeah, a little well, bit. We've actually got a court case for it coming up in August. Oh so. well, we won't discuss it then. If you've got a court uh, it's, case. it's all right. It's it's we're suing the Commonwealth for what they did. So right. yeah, yeah, more so. publicity the better. Like yeah. I think you know I wrote about what, this federal. Federal court is it? Yeah, um, still in the Commonwealth. I think it's the yeah, county fed- court. No, yeah. it'd be federal court. Could be federal court. It's, it's in the county court building, maybe. Is it? Yeah, know. who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Are you a lawyer? Um, no, I'm not a lawyer. I wouldn't know. But uh, yeah, I'm a bush lawyer. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I listen to your show a bit in the car. This is a much better reception. So thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I, was, I mean, my friend Graham Dunstan was also there on the day, and uh, I know you know Graham. So yep. yeah, yeah. I've, it's not the first campaign I've done with Graham. So yep. yeah, is he involved in this court case? No, he's. No. Uh, I think he's going to come down and help with a bit yeah, of publicity yeah. and media. He's already written to. Yeah. Um, there was a submission into the SAS Culture, and he wrote it. So mm. he mm. wrote. He didn't write the. the uh, he, mm. he wrote into it. I should say. Right, right. I don't think anyone responded to him. Though. So had. You thought about joining an intentional community before this, or had you been a member of an intentional community before this? Yeah, I mean, I'd sort of been when when I left teaching uh, a while ago, I I moved to Brisbane and joined the Catholic Worker Movement. Right. Now, now you said you left teaching. Yeah. So you had a diploma in education. Yeah, I taught high school for about seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Where, I think in that, Queensland or no, New South Wales. What was that like? Um, really good, really good, um, but also really hard. Like it's, um, it's just kind of, you know, I was a history geography teacher, and I'd be like, or, you know, here's the way the world is, here's the injustice in the world, and I was teaching to very low, so not very low, but to some low socioeconomic kids, mm. and they were like, that's great, sir, but we just like want to get a job, like you know, we don't care about this stuff, and in a way, it's true. Like I just had a job as well, like you know, yeah, well, like, you got paid. Yeah, I got paid. I was turned up to tell them so they could go and get a job and do the same. And I was, you know, deeply interested in social justice. And, mm. yeah, so I still taught casually from time to time. Like, it's been a few years since I've taught now. But, I, yeah, I moved to Brisbane in 2012. So so you've kept up your registration, have you? Uh, this is the first year that I haven't been registered. <laughs> bad boy, bad boy. It's always good to have a second string to your bow. Uh, I think uh, it's always good to follow your conscience and do what you think is right. Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, There's always a price to pay. Pay when you follow your conscience. You there buy. Is. Ever heard the phrase "buying a man or a woman with martyrdom"? No, oh, no, I've never heard that. I've never heard. heard I've that. heard the phrase uh, "pick up your cross and follow me," though. But uh, uh, yeah, 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 not yeah. that one. Oh, we'll, go, we'll go into that in a minute because <laughs> it's quite interesting. There is a, a bit of a martyr complex in a lot of activists. There is. Yeah. I don't like it. No, 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 because you can actually. It can be very sophisticated in terms of what motivates people. So. Why did you give up teaching after seven years? You would have got a steady income. You, nobody bashed you up. No, I was, um, you know, I'd, I'd been in the army and I... Uh, hang on, hang on. Let's go back a little bit. We did this last time. You're like, oh, you keep, like, chopping and changing your life. You're so, you are so you made me feel like I didn't have it together, which is probably true. But yeah, when were you in the <laughs> army? Uh, 2002, 2000, uh, 2001 I joined. I was actually in... Um, what, you, what the Americans call boot camp at 9-11. So, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. we'd gone out for training one day and they came back and said, oh, you know, we weren't allowed to have radios or any media for yeah. that part of basic training. Oh, you've got to put your radios on. There's been this big terrorist attack. So, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, um, stayed in. Can, can I ask why you joined the Army? Nothing personal. Uh-huh. Um, if I'll refer listeners back to the previous show. I sort of talked about... Forget about the previous show. That was three years ago. Nobody gives a shit about it. Nobody remembers it. Uh, Greg, you and I, we are just dots in the universe. <laughs> Not on your show, mate. Yeah, um, we are. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, I was just, um, at the time I thought it was the right thing to do. I look back, I didn't grow up with any sort of, like most Australians, I didn't grow up with any sort of religion. I think uh-huh. going to Anzac Day was the closest thing we had and I yeah. wanted to defend. It was a good career for a working class boy. It, it is, was, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a good way out and I wanted to defend us from our enemies and all that kind of thing. Oh, so it's good, good, good. Yeah. Oh, did, you, did you sew the Australian flag on your underpants? Um. I don't think I'm allowed to legally answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so the armed forces weren't for you, you decided. 2003, the Iraq war. Everyone yeah. was, everyone in the army was excited about yeah, it. So yeah. they'd be, if they were on radio, they'd be, oh, the Iraq war, this is great. Let's yeah. do it. And then personally, when they got outside the studio, not that we had it, that's a bad thing, yeah. but they would be, 
oh, why are we going there? This is really bad. We're going to kill people. But yeah. everyone was just, um, you yeah. know. Caught up. You get caught up. You get caught up, but also everyone yeah. knew it was bad. Yeah. And I was just like, oh. Have a look, have a look at the newsreels in uh, August 1914 mm. when the war, First World War was declared. It was, it was like a huge celebration in Australia. It was a coming of age type mm. of, uh, mm. and it was just flogged and flogged and flogged. And then look at the, Casualty figures two years later and the resistance and the anti-conscription movement. So it's a split Australia. Like yeah, it's a really yeah. interesting time that yeah, Australia was doing some really good things and then yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's what that's what the Australia that's the the Australia want to do those good so things. So what would you say? What would you say to your CEO? Look, I've had enough, mate. Just resigned. Resigned. My sergeant you, was a bit annoyed. He was a bit uh, like, oh, we need officers like you. But I was like, yeah. officers. Yeah, I was like doing officer training. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I was, leadership. Leadership I was material. Due right? to go, I was, yeah, still still looking. I was I was due to go into. Um, uh, do signals training actually, but the you know to, and I really wanted to do kind of the stuff that Edward Snowden ended up doing. I didn't know that at the time. I just wanted to do secret computer stuff, okay. and uh, yeah, but the army t- it was, I had a twelve month wait to go to the thing, so I went to officer training instead. Yeah, you went, you went, you went AWOL. I just pulled a face. You went, you went intellectually AWOL. You just I lost, did. you lost your love affair. It was just like it's like a love affair after it about is. six to twelve months. You kind of reassess the situation. The kids are raised and they're off, so like, yeah. what do you do? Yeah, 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 yeah and you yeah. decided that. Wasn't for you this love affair, you know? Uh, come killing to people, yeah. was a bit like killing people's a bit wrong. Maybe I was like, uh, yeah. so what did this? You said you grew up in a secular family, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Very so when, when, when did this religious bug hit? Uh, I don't really. I've thought about that a lot. I think after I left the army, I was a bit like, oh, what's the meaning of life? And off I went, and I really found. You didn't see the life of Brian, did you? I love the life. Of, I love <laughs> to the life see of what Brian. the meaning of life. is. <laughs> the meaning of life. <laughs> <laughs> it's um. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm just someone who's always been deeply like, why are they starving people and why are they, you know, even growing up, like in the 80s, you know, like you saw that as a kid, you'd see those things on TV and I just didn't get why people were starving. Why did the world have to be that way? And just in, Christianity's got a bad rap for all the right reasons it does, but also in the teachings of Jesus about, you know, working for love and loving your enemies and the ways to actually deal with the world. It made yeah, sense. It's very interesting, Greg, because I had exactly the opposite. Mm. Experience. Here you are. You can't grow up in a secular family mm. and uh, find God or find Catholicism or no. Christianity. Christianity. Yeah. I grew up in uh, what I call a um, a Christmas Christian family mm-hmm. where we kind of pretended to believe, <laughs> and it was the fact suffering is what drew me away from the church because I said, mm. "What type of God?" would allow all this to heaven. And then people would say to me, the priest said to me, Joe, look, it's it's predetermined. And I said, what do you mean it's predetermined? He says, haven't you heard of predestination? I said, no. And he said, well, you know, God knows everything. He kn-. And I said, well, what's the point of living if he knows what I'm going to do and how I'm going to end up? What's the point of this little show, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that's when I lost faith. I must have been about thirteen. Yeah, 14, you know, suffering. So so different. Yeah, suffering. It is, yeah. isn't it? It's. I mean, it, I, I know this is radical Australia, not radical philosophy. But no, no, no. It's both. Both. I'll, I'll radical like, philosophy. <laughs> Beth doesn't allow men on radical philosophy, oh, okay, so you're cool. allowed to philosophize on uh, radical uh, Australia. I'll just I'll just say because you know, with my own suffering over the last few years and the suffering of humanity, like it's really hard, but. I'm Christian, but I'm not like uh, only Christians go to heaven. In fact, I think a lot of Christians are in trouble, but that's just between you and me. Um, I, I, mm. You know, the Dalai Lama said, you know, um, people pray about war and God, why did you make war? And God said, you know, I didn't make war, you did that. 
And I, that's the kind of God yeah, I believe you, in. But you, it's, it's all predestined, so you knew. I don't anyway. believe. That's, that's one. You don't believe in predestination? I don't believe in predestination. Well, you believe in free will. I believe very much in free will. And that we God gave us it. free will and we, and we can actually make our own mistakes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of what, what I would identify as a Christian mystic. And that's nothing that sounds yeah. special, but it's kind of like Meister Eckhart wrote a lot about. What do you mean? You're some type of hippie that found Christianity, a Christian yeah, mystic? Yeah, pr- pretty much. Only I missed the hippie stage. Like, where was the free love and the drugs? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I missed that part. But the, um, the well, I'm old enough to remember that. <laughs> How was it? Did I, what did I miss out? Ah, uh, not much. <laughs> it's you know, it's hyped up. It's always hyped up years later. Uh, and but also, what got me about Christianity more than the hippie stuff is you know, like the Berrigan brothers, and actually, you mm. know, and look, just, just explain to people who are the Berrigan brothers. Well, the Berrigan brothers started this thing called the Plowshare Movement, um, which excuse is excuse me, that sounds very biblical. Could, oh, you, could, sorry. could, could, could you actually explain? No, no, could you explain? <laughs> The origin of the plowshare movement, not the actual physical, but why yeah. they used. So Isaiah is a bloke who wrote a book, or apparently wrote a book a while ago. Um, mm. I can't remember the passage, and, yeah. but it was. The, You're not it, much of a Christian. I know I'm a terrible the Christian, but he, but the words were, uh, you know, you shall turn. Well, you know, there will come a time when all the nations of the earth shall shall rest under God's trees, and we shall turn the spear. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong now. Turn our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. That's right, and, and so, we always forget about the pruning hooks because yeah, they're out of fashion. Important. I know, but you yeah. know, there's. You and I've done some anyway, um, long, but that's another story. But um, it's it's and it's and it's prophecy. It's like, all right, here's these weapons of war. Let's take hammers. And mm. so they, what they the first one they did in I think 1980, they went into a, in a town called King of Prussia, King of Prussia, and there were uh, nose cones that were going to go on nuclear warheads. And they ha- they broke in and they hammered on these things to make them. You know, you're not allowed to use them. So let's start turning them into making food rather than making weapons. And mm. and just that kind of you know we're white privileged people who are. Um, you know, benefiting from this military that's, pre- you know, sort of protecting our wealth as well. So let's, like, bring it, let's turn it from the inside into making food for people. So, mm. you know, they went to jail for 10 years for that. And that's, that's right. the kind they of... Should have got life. Should have got life, you reckon? They, yeah, they sold, they, they destroyed a, some good nuclear warheads. The copper, too. Do you know yeah. what copper's worth these days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how's the time? Oh, good. So we, uh, 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 Excuse so, me, Greg. I'm not... You're sitting there doing the panelling yep. and being interviewed at the same time because mm. you've taken over Dale's job, the Dowager's Take, job. Taken help. I'm right. helping out for I you. I look at the clock. You don't turn around and look <laughs> at the clock. That's what gives me power over you. Uh, you're all about power, Joe, from exactly. what I've heard. Exactly. Yeah. It gives, it, I can look at that clock and I know how much time I have to... Should we have a discussion about patriarchy while you're on and being interviewed or...? Patriarchy. <laughs> it's not our role to discuss patriarchy. We're the, we're the patriarchs. Yeah, that's it's for <laughs> other people too. I like. Yeah, yeah, good All point. Right. Uh, we'll bring Beth in. And, yeah. yeah. And, and she, you know, radical philosophy, she can discuss. She can do that. She does patriarchy all cool. the time. Cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. All right. Now, how do you. You say you live a Christian life. What does that mean? Oh, I didn't say that. You said that. I know. <laughs> but you're telling me you're a Christian, you live in an intentional community, yeah. you know, and I assume you, uh, and you're talking about radical Christian actions, you're talking about living in Queensland with the uh, radical Christians there. So obviously you are aiming to lead what you could describe as a, a Christian life or your interpretation of Christianity. Is that correct or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I, just don't go to church on Sunday. That's not your Christianity, I don't even really go to church much. Like, right. I go when I can. Um, you know, I've been... I'm in the Quakers, but I haven't been to a meeting for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... 
I mean, the thing is, like, the world's just so caught up in competition and getting ahead, right? Like, yeah. and and we put our security in that. Our security is in getting a job, getting a house, getting the income, you know, making bank is what the kids are saying these days. Making bank. I believe that's what they're using, yeah. No, I wouldn't know. But, you know, making money, to, and that's where security comes from. And But then in doing the cost of that, of doing that, of just looking after our own little empire, as it were, is... You know, the exploitation of, of a billion people in the majority world, you know, what we what other people call the third world. But it's how most people live is day-to-day, foot-to-mouth. You're not you're, – you're, come on, what type, of, what type of person are you? You're not saying that when I go down and get a $2 shirt, you know, from a, <laughs> a jumble sale that's been made in Bangladesh by somebody who's paid 50 cents a day, that I'm actually uh, – uh, endorsing this system of no, exploitation? I mean, I live in the system too. Like, I buy products. Of course I'm endorsing <laughs> the system. Of, I mean, I'm benefiting. Yeah, and I'm benefiting too. And as a yeah. you know, white guy in Australia, like, I benefit the most. So it's just... So in a Christian life, you know, that it's how how do I live in the middle of empire is the, the language they call it. What so, do you mean middle of empire? Well, well who's empire? The, well, at the moment, it's kind of the U.S. empire, isn't it? Like, well, we live in the middle it's of... more like U.S., China, and Russia these days. Yeah. Yeah, well, the elite competition. We're in the middle of the elite. We're the consumers which keep empire too. You know, we buy the petrol and our governments buy the weapons which make the rich richer. Mm. And so how do you live in that? And it's it's not an easy question because, like I said, I'm culpable as everyone else. But it's just about trying to put my faith and security in community and people around me rather than in what's in the bank, if that makes sense. Yeah, but what's this faith business, faith in this fairy story about somebody living up in heaven i mean uh well yeah i mean good question um at at the end of the day like i'm really interested in religion defined is what binds us together and so i would say in lots of cases what is religion defined religion in latin is what binds us together all right what holds us in common remember this is the second interview so i'm going to be a bit tougher this time yeah i'm I'm sweating over here (laughs) just for the audience it's 428 this is radical australia we're going to give greg a bit of a break this is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast. Greg's going to podcast. He didn't, he didn't know that. I don't know how. <laughs> uh, we'll, get, we'll get them to do it. But uh, he's, he's, he's uh, stepped into the void, and it's really good speaking to him. Uh, this is the second time in three years, and we can actually explore things a little bit more uh, in more detail because it's interesting the way people we all take different directions in life greg sometimes mm-hmm. we're just pushed along we're part of the tidal wave and we're just pushed along and we just you know swim mm. and sometimes somebody swims to the side and gets dashed upon the rocks and then somebody's sometimes swim people swim the different directions so which direction are you swimming i'm doing my best to um i don't know <laughs> Probably getting smashed on the rock. Smashed on the rock. That's but, not know, very good. The rock, maybe the rock of Jesus' teachings. Uh, there you go. I'll throw that in. Um, yeah, all right. Well, what are the central tenets of Jesus' teaching? Um, you know, work for love and not for money. Like this is the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, his, the, the Gospels as they're recorded, and I know people would say, oh, they're not. That's not history, uh, and possibly true, but it's still a good story that I believe in. Yeah. Um, so loving, and the other one of the ones is how to love your enemies. So. People are like, oh, if someone attacks you, then you're meant to respond in love. How do you do that? Well, did you respond in love to those people on Swan Island? I've had to think about how I forgive them, yeah, like really hard, because um, I don't feel like I want to, but, you know, I need to. 
Um, and when you do that enough, like I haven't got there with those guys yet, you know, I'm waiting for an apology, which I don't think will come, but maybe the court case and after that I can let it go. But when you start forgiving your enemies and this is how you deal with gripes, you know, once people apologize and you're just like loving them as best you can, you start to realize there are no enemies. So forgiving, so forgiving your em- sorry, loving enemies. Your enemies. Like, loving sorry, Loving your Jesus, enemies. Right? Loving or forgiving? Loving your enemies. Loving your yeah, enemies. Yeah. That only comes after they actually admit what they've done. Truth and reconciliation. Well, I think you can still love them even even as they're, you know, I, I can't. I'm really bad at it. But I think the So somebody who's been raped, you think, can ra- love their rapists? I don't want to talk about that. Because I know you don't want to talk I've about it. I've never been that. But no, no, me, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying forgiving your enemy is really, it can be very difficult. Yeah. I mean, it can be easy if it's a slight. Yeah. But when somebody physically violates you mm. as you found out yourself mm. it is it is it is difficult so why do you think it's so important that we forgive our enemies because um, when you for me and i don't want to talk about anyone no else for you well you're not here to talk about anybody else but when when you. when you do that you find that what you're holding on to is actually dragging you down one thing it's dragging you down more than the person who's affected you. So the guys who assaulted me probably went and had beer and they're back off in their career, yeah, probably yeah. got a bit of crap because, like, we don't want that media attention. Yeah. But if I, like, hate them and I get pissed off at them all the time, every time I think about it, that's only going to affect me. Like, that's right. So if I so, can, so you think forgiving is helps your healing? I think so, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and I haven't got there with these guys yet, um, and the guy particularly who assaulted me, but... Mm. Also loving your enemy, like uh, I've realised, like that's, you know, I think when I started on this sort of Christian journey, I was pretty like racist and pretty, mm-hmm. you know, you know, sexist and all that kind of thing. And it's through like, uh, you know, this uh, whole idea that you, you realise there are no enemies, like actually that we're the same and um, people act the way they act because of their own hurts or their own reasons. And you need to, if you can see that and be in, and, and forgive that and love them mm-hmm. for that, mm-hmm. you know, that divine spark that's deep inside everyone, then... Um, you don't have to worry as much about things, you know, like you get to love a little bit more and life's a bit lighter and tastier, a bit happier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's qu- quite interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a great student of uh, New Guinea, Papua New Guinea societies mm. because you may have two clans or tribal groups living in rift valleys 30 kilometres apart with totally different social structures mm. and it just shows that like some may be egalitarian and collectivist others may have you know a, a supreme chief mm. all within 30 kilometers of each other because they've grown independently of each other mm-hmm. and it really shows the capacity of uh, human beings to actually behave in many different ways as we saw during the second world war mm. you know, with the nazis and fascism and how people can actually be molded to respond in certain ways. Well, and that's the thing as well. Like I'm reading a book at the moment by, mm. called, by a guy called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Mm. I don't know if you're aware of him. No, no, I'm not. Uh, just really briefly, he was, he was a Christian theologian and pastor. He was hung by the Germans for his resistance to Nazism. I remember. I remember yeah. 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 And there's also also the White Rose, you know, Sophie yeah. Scholl. And, you know, they were yeah. Christians who they handed out leaflets and got their heads cut off. Yeah. So it's this idea in Christianity for me that's, you know, Martin Luther King, I can go on. But if people, and even Gandhi, even though he wasn't, Christian, like I still think it's the same God, you know. People who whose faith inspire them to give their lives to serving and making the world a better place. And I think that's, you know, in the words of Sophie Scholl, like if no one's willing to give their lives up for goodness, how can goodness prevail? The same God. Mm. 
as, as Gandhi, yeah. yeah. No, no, the same God. So every religious tradition has the same God. According to me, yeah. According to you, according I know, to uh, Greg. Other, other conventional Christians will be spitting a fit if they are listening to um, well, Theresa. I, I don't care what they think. But yeah, no, I, I care what, what you think. Yeah, I think. I so think you think, you think if you're... And no religions, yeah. An animist, God's there. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and what we do is, as human beings, we either project, accept create structures to interact well even atheists you know like my my activist atheist mate i think Mm. that you know they have a faith of a kind they believe in a better world too like yeah you know and that's that's to me that's the love and the work of god within each of us and that's it's much better put than most churches do to be honest so what role does belief actually play in your life because this word belief i find quite uh you know um Airy fairy belief. Mm. We all have beliefs. I mean, I could believe, and I'm sure you've heard this before. We uh, we don't exist, and that we're just the uh, we're just here imaginary creatures. Mm. So, so possible, isn't it? Well, it is possible. So, yeah. what what makes your belief uh, more important or than my belief? I don't think it does. I don't it think, doesn't. I don't think anyone's impo- well. You know, I don't think my beliefs are more important than anyone else's beliefs. Yeah. So you're not out there uh, actively promoting people to join a particular religious sect no, or anything I like that. I think I think we should all just be the best person we can be, and you know. Mm. Do, you, do you need to be religious to be the best person you can? No, be? my experience is no. Like no. I said, a lot of my atheist, you know, activist friends and around even around this station are. I'd call them much better, you know, human beings than a lot of people in churches. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, why did you take? I mean, coming from a secular family, why did you take on Christianity? Uh, I think just the teachings of Jesus, really. I, right. I, I, I can't really, you know, I was, uh, it, it was just a, um, you know, Jesus moved in my heart is what I would say, and mm-hmm. and I was just really drawn to the story of Jesus, and I really mm-hmm. believed in it. Mm-hmm. And you'd read the New Testament. Uh, yeah, You've yeah. Read. I, you know, got, I got maybe I got subjected to scripture at school in, in secular schools, and we should take. You know, I was brainwashed, maybe. But no, no, no. I'm not saying you, you, you've actually. You know, <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot yeah, of people yeah. I, I, you know, I speak to generally, and they call themselves Christian or Hindu, and you ask them whether they've re- read the tracts, and mm. many people haven't. Yeah, no. So it's like being a Marxist without reading Marx. Yeah, Karl Marx or Groucho. But I, um, uh, I don't think Groucho wrote that much. <laughs> You'd have to watch his movies, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Funny for a guy who never watched. TV. But I, yeah. I, I, um, yeah, no, I'd read the teachings of Jesus, and it just something just spoke to me about it. Just like it makes sense to live this way. That's all I can say about it. It's irrational. It's, you can't really talk about it because it's mm. not in words. It's, mm. it, it feels right. Like God is there. God is love. Yeah, but what wouldn't you do as a Christian? Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't kill someone. You wouldn't kill someone. I think that I wouldn't use physical violence against anyone, except maybe if there was a child or someone weaker in the way, and I might use it as a way to try and, you know, get in the way for a while or mm-hmm. you know, subdue, stop someone from being attacked. Right. Um, and that that has lots of theory as well in the strength of nonviolence over violence. Yes. Which, yes. Yeah. Um, give me other give me other clues. Please. Well, look, how would you live? I mean, in terms, I mean, this intentional community you're part of actually is. Highlights how your life is different to 99.9% of us. Yeah, I think that um, the early Christians, you know, 
sold all their goods and shared everything they had in common. And I'm not that perfect, but I think that's that's a pretty good model to hold mm. things in common. You know, like mm. to share our goods in common. Like it's all all material goods, I believe, were given are a gift from God or from the universe. Or mm. and you know, and we've built these structures to exploit and control nature and each other. And getting out of that, the best way to get out of this is to share with each other. And that's what most people in the world do. That's what most people in the majority world do, you know. Mm. In Australia, we value our privacy and our comfort, but and we don't want people to see our messy side and our shadow, but, mm. you know, in, in most parts of the world, I'm sure in Papua, like, you know, you live so close that, you know, you, you bring your, your shit's just there, and that's mm. the way it is, and mm. you learn to, to grow and deal with that together. Mm. You think you need intermediaries between you and God? Uh, uh, I'm happy to appoint you, Joe, if you want, but no. Well, I'd, I'd, actually, I'd actually ask for money for <laughs> to do the job like most intermediaries. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't think so. I think God is within us all, and we're all within God. So, so, so you believe that you don't need a mullahs and priests and no, I think as a Quaker. Yeah, yeah. Explain. Explain to us what Quakerism is. You said you're a Quaker. Yeah, I'm and an action that highlights a lot of the. Uh, ideas you're actually espousing today because yeah. they're, they're Quaker Frank ideas yeah. yeah the religious society of friends was I don't know the year because I'm a bad Quaker I think it was 1795 I think roughly around 1795 yeah. I think it was earlier eh? was it was it I, I think it was like 1600s was it? Anyway, Owen Wynn Stanley was connected to them and yep. he was a famous you know digger um, George Fox was the guy who you know sort of left the Anglican church and was all like everything's corrupt and it's just about to put it in a nutshell it's the divinity in all of us and you know living to your higher conscience so things that Quakers are famous for is like wearing your hats inside, not that anyone cares anymore, but that's because you should always act respectful, not just take your hat off and act respectful. You know, you don't use titles, so you, when you go to court, you've got to somehow get around calling them your honour because no one is higher than the other except for God, that kind of thing. So it's the equality of all people. Sounds a bit like Muslim fundamentalism. Yeah, when you go well, to it's court. really interesting, isn't it, that I've been to court several times and mm. not, not stood up and this kind of thing, and the magistrate's just going, oh, yeah, but when you know, a Muslim does it, it's, it's, uh, it's all front page on the telegraph and yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah. not really surprising. Is it? That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just about treating, trying our best to treat each other equally as you know, children of God, as it were. Yeah. So what? So, so Quakers have? Um, do they have places where they meet? Yeah, there's a French, there's a friendship centre in the middle of Melbourne on William Street, but mm-hmm. they have. Um, so what they have is meeting for worship is the main right, thing, right. and it's an hour of um, silently listening to see if you know anything reveals itself. And uh, we used to say God's word within, but there's a lot of mm. lot of uh, Quakers who call themselves atheists now, so I can't really say that. But for me, it's about listening to that small, still voice. And when you're sitting in silence, if you feel moved to share something with each other, you, you stand up and you give ministry. So anyone can do it. So you can go to your first meeting and you're really compelled to say something in meeting, you can turn up and say it mm. um, if you sit and listen really quietly. And that's what I believe. If we all sit and listen really quietly, the real our consciousness will tell us you know, the best thing to do. What do you mean by listening quietly? Um. Yeah, just that. Well, you just turn up, sit down, and vegetate, or meditate. meditate. <laughs> Maybe a better word. Oh. Yeah, just listening quietly. Just you know, trying to still your mind and your body and your, you uh. know all that stuff that we so. Oh, what have I got to do now? What job could I have to do? I'm so busy, mm. and what's my responsibilities? Instead, it's just um, mm. you know, um, quietness, stillness. So, so let's distill this one. Be still for a minute, did you no, say? No, no, distill, distill, as in, whiskey, as in whiskey. Yeah. Oh, distill, distill, mm. all right? One, you're saying to me, you don't, as a Christian, you don't need intermediaries between you and God. Mm-hmm. It's a personal relationship. Yes. Two, you're saying, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, that you need to um, 
get rid of your possessions and live in a collectivist type of situation where you share. That works for me, and I reckon so. Um, yeah. Yeah. And thirdly, that you should actually be, as a Christian, you should be active in society trying to change what's not right. Yeah. Would there be anything else I'd add to, you, to, you know, to your lifestyle? Um, I think it's just about putting faith in God and not money is the big one. And that's Faith big, again. Faith I know, again. I know. Belief, trust. So, but it's just the idea, but you know. Faith and belief. And if trust. I had God on one side and ten grand on the other side, I don't know which one I'd choose. Yeah. You choose God, and I'd use. I choose the ten <laughs> well, grand. What the, maybe the ten grand's on offer for something to do good. Like I'm not saying that money's bad, but I think we put a lot of faith in money and working mm. for money. Mm. We think, but you know, it's destroying the world. Like, look at what's the root cause of global warming? It's financial growth. You know, what's the cause of starvation? You know, there's no been nowhere in the world where a famine has happened that wasn't also exporting grain at the same time. It's because we put more faith in our market and the dollars. You know, we all know this, rather than in God. And and I don't mean some guy in the sky with white whiskers. Hey. Like me, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the love that is within us all. And that's, and you know, if we did that, there's plenty of food for everyone. You know, mm, if, mm. You, if, you, if you're worried about world population, share the resources better. If you're worried about, you know, all the problems, name them. It's about loving and sharing better. And that's going to take a bit of a spiritual revolution and trusting in, God and loving and sharing. I can understand the sharing. Things, right? yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, people work collectively all the time. We don't. Yeah. We're not competing all the time. No, I think most of the time we are cooperating. I mean, I mean we cooperate constantly. Mm. You know, and when I see somebody on the on the road, I'm, I might have, have a sexual attraction to. I don't do a doyle. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. Thanks I mean, for going there. <laughs> No, but, you know, what I'm saying is we cooperate, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we cooperate. So we don't need a police person on every corner, do we? No. As a society, at least in this society, at the current state, that we, we actually do cooperate with everybody. Yeah. So, would you say you're a Christian anarchist? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, there's no rulers except, you know, love and God. Right. Yeah. So, so I, but when I say God, I say that all the time because it's clearer to people, but I don't really. That word, you know, like, it's love. It's, you know, what binds us all together rather than a guy in the sky with whiskers. I just, but yeah, there's no, there's no, so, 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 so do you think, do you think God is us? Mm. It's not something outside us? I, I think there is more to this world than we can see and feel. Right. Um, which I would call is a manifestation of God, but also we are, you know, manifest, I, I believe that we are, you know, God manifests within us and is amongst us as well. And right. we are kind of God in that way. It's kind of a pantheist worldview, I guess. It is, and and, and and every religious belief is the same God. I think all truth, truth with a capital T, you know. What do you mean by truth? That's a very hard thing to define. Uh, well, if, to do that, you'd have to buy my book. It's about $150 a copy. No, I don't have a book. <laughs> well, isn't it about time you had a book? Yeah, well, uh, I'm waiting for you to ghostwrite it for me, to be honest, Joe. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, but Greg, I don't go straight. You've got the intellect and the experience, yeah. and you've got a number of years ahead of you, which I haven't, <laughs> to actually write this I book. Joe, like you, you're, you've lost a little bit of faith in your lifespan, but I, you know, you've still got a few years to do some things, mate. Like, like a bit, bit of work in front of you, you know, uh-huh. some anti-war activism. You know, they're building that built that Lockheed Martin building down at. Melbourne's Women's Hospital is going to be a large weapons research centre and Melbourne's just letting that happen. Yeah, well, well hey, 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 Sonny boy, haven't you heard about the contract that was went to Ipswich and we're really pissed off we didn't get the contract I've to build heard, the armoured... I've heard about that. You know, the armoured cars. Yeah. I mean, don't you understand that we are now going to become a major weapons manufacturer for the world. Doesn't it make you proud? I'm very proud. I'm very proud. Yeah. I'm very proud. We stopped growing wheat and now we're going to kill people. 
More people. Sorry, we killed lots of people already. Now we're going to kill more people. That's good. What's wrong with that? We've got 7 billion people in the world. Uh, as yeah. long as they don't kill us. <laughs> yeah, that's, as, long as, <laughs> as long as we get to kill them, they don't kill us. That's yeah, all that matters, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, I could see us manufacturing. Well, tell us about Pine Gap. Well, I can tell you about Pine Gap. The one thing I'll say what was really interesting about that arms export before I can mention Pine Gap, yeah. though, is that um, I should talk about Talisman Saver. I've been there more. And I yeah, tell us about Talisman Saver then. But it's just interesting how that we handed $4 billion over our, uh, to arms manufacturers. It's like, here's $4 billion, take it. You know, like, yeah. did well, anyone see that? Was that mentioned? Well, we give, we give $7 billion to the uh, private insurance, medical insurance industry. We, oh, give, four billion, we give $4 billion uh, All right, you've uh, in fuel excise. You've so what's me. wrong with giving $7 billion or whatever to the arms right. manufacturer? They're going to give us jobs, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's all that matters. Um, plenty of jobs in solar too. Talisman Save is something I've done twice. Like if you well, want to talk well, about me, well, going. What is it? It's a, it's a large war military war exercise between the US and Australia and a few other countries, and they practice invading where, in other where, countries. Where? Up in Rockhampton, oh, near Rockhampton. Right. It's about an hour north. All right. And, uh, and how often does that happen? Every two years. Every two years. So I didn't go in 2017, but uh-huh. uh, I went in 2013, 2015. I just had a thought today, you know, like, uh-huh. wonder what's happening next year if anyone's going. 2019. So, so, mm. so there's 30,000 of them, there's aircraft carriers, there's bombers, and mm. uh, how many of you mobbed? Uh, in 2015, um, 16 of us. 16? Trespassed, yeah, in different groups. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I tried to get 100. I ran this campaign called the 100 Pilgrims for Peace. And you got 16. I got 16, which is, what's that on a percentage score in a high school test but uh, uh, so, so here they are nuclear yeah. rockets uh, missiles mm-hmm. aircraft carriers armored personnel carriers mm. they're doing a little mock invasions at near rock camp and there's 16 of you so what did you do um well we went on in different groups you sort of because people coming from all over australia you kind of said all right joe you and i can go up on this date and we'll go and uh-huh. But although we trespassed on and then, you know, let the army know we're on there, you need to stop live firing exercises because there's civilians on there in a way to try and slow <laughs> it down. And if I was, they might keep firing. <laughs> yeah, correct. That's, that's probably what most military people <laughs> would say as well. And that's, that's what really, you know, after Swan Island, like we got beaten up and people were like, oh, you should have been shot and stuff, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, it's re- really terrible. Well, I, I don't think it should have been shot. It's a waste of a bullet. It should have been clubbed to death. Ah, uh, thanks, Joe. That's, <laughs> that's why right. people come on for emotional support like <laughs> that's that. That's right. Um, I, I don't know why people aren't doing more activism. I don't know why people aren't... Well, because they're on the net. Don't uh, you understand? Okay. You're not old enough. <laughs> you've always been hey, a had, net boy. I had my computer license when I was in year four. We that's didn't have I'm the saying. internet, but... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a new generation, so yeah. it's different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember being parts of crowds of 100,000, whatever... Plus, in a population half this size, mm. right? And in the, in the good old days, we kind of had to get out on the street to mm. actually... But now you can just surf the net, like, click a button, mm. sign yeah. a peti- virtual petition, you've done everything you need, you can go to bed. Job done. Yeah. Social change enacted. Yeah, and see a bit of <laughs> pornography on the way to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep. It, it's, it's, no, I'm, I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think yeah. it's actually... When you say you organise, you organise something that's important like you did. You got sixteen people. Mm. Yeah. For all that effort and energy. Yeah. Obviously, no, it obviously, took me two, and it was two years of talking it up and talking yeah. around and going around, and people aren't interested. No. They're, you know, they don't want to. So I'm well, did, did, does that mean we're mad? Does that mean, or, or are we prophets? Uh, you mean you and I? Yeah. 
Um, well, the word prophecy just means to speak truth, you know, yes. tell truth. So yeah, I'd say we're prophets, and there's lots of others out there. That's yeah. not a, that's not a big shot title. Yeah. But I think there's, it's you know, any Christians out there, how are you? How are you speaking truth to power? What are you doing for the people who can't speak for themselves? Yeah. And I think that's on all of us, you know, especially privileged people in Australia. That's what we need to be doing. That's what you know, three CR does. But um, no, I think it's just. Um, if you don't do it, you go a bit mad, really, don't you? You're like not necessarily. You buy a yacht. <laughs> you <laughs> go on a, so hang on, wait, wait. Uh, you go I'm on an overseas a, trip. I'm missing out on a yacht. Yeah, <laughs> and an overseas trip, you know, and yeah. you know, you go to a brothel. No, okay. I mean, you know, you don't go mad. Yeah, well, what, you know, I mean, we're the ones who go mad because yeah. we think that things are going to change radically, but ordinary mm. people or, or normal people realise that. But yeah. the thing is, but the thing is, it's those normal people who make that don't do anything is the reason that everything still stands as it is and couldn't get better. That's right. But the thing is about human. This is the, the thing about human behaviour is things which we thought were impossible generations and now, now, you know, constants like the abolishment of slavery. Mm. Slavery. Everybody thought that you abolish slavery, mm. and the Quakers were part of. They Big spearheaded. Part. They that's, spearheaded. That's why I joined. I yeah, was like, this is yeah, great. Yeah, I'm waiting. Be, you know, hey, Quakers, do some more stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think they're a bit too old these days. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but. They spearheaded that campaign, mm. which basically makes slavery in most parts of the world, you know. And are we just going to quietly overlook that there's more slaves now than any other time in human history? Well, there's seven billion, and you know, they're not real, <laughs> some of them real slaves. But, but, but the thing is, the thing is, it's not institutionalised. Mm. It is not... Uh, the church doesn't rubber stamp it and say it's okay. It's in the Bible. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference. And yeah. It's the same with the the the, uh, the struggle against patriarchy, the struggle for gender equality, mm. the struggle to accept different sexual orientations. So we do make progress okay. yeah. as human beings. The thing is, this the thing thing about radicals. I say to them, never get distressed or disillusioned or cynical, mm. because I'm going to use a biblical analogy. If you, you don't, Christian, yeah, if you don't plant that seed <laughs> in fertile soil, mm. nothing will ever change, seeds. and things That's change. Very churchy of you. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's, mm. it's human behaviour. I mean, people plant seeds in fertile soil, and when you talk to people one on one, haven't you found that what they desire is almost the same, irrespective of their colour or race Pretty or much. gender? You know, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people I know who are, you know, sort of I grew up with, or family more, you know, not my direct family, but cousins and whatnot are a bit like, this stuff doesn't matter. It's, you know, like, um, you know, what, you know, this doesn't matter. Like, you're worried about this stuff. You're wasting your life on it. It doesn't matter. Like, you're not going to be able to do anything. No one can do anything. You're wasting your life. Mm. So, and mm. I, probably, but what a great thing to waste your life on. No, but the thing is, the thing is, that's what power wants us to believe. I agree. That you can't fight City Hall. Mm. You can't initiate change. Everything is too hard and impossible. So turn on your neighbour, mm. beat them up because they're a different colour. No, yeah. Seriously, I'm with you. I'm just look, laughing at the you know, you know, you know. How, how that's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know. So this intentional community, I'm, I'm interested in again. How lush, long do you think you'll last? How long? How long do you think you'll last there? I, I don't know. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm, mm. I'm definitely. Um, feeling this tension of I want to do more anti-war stuff or get back into it a bit mm, now that mm, I'm a bit recovered and my mm, anxiety seems to have gone. And mm, mm. Um, um, But it, it doesn't need to be an either-or, you know. So um, 
mainly they're just my friends and I don't really want to leave anytime soon. So right. I, yeah. I enjoy there's hard days but I enjoy hanging yeah. out with them. So I don't I don't know. Each each day has enough trouble of its own to worry about mm. tomorrow. Can I ask some personal questions? Um seeing as we're on your show, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> well not really, there are limits. Yeah, go on. Um how does this community function as far as money's concerned? Does anybody do you, do you work and to bring in money or do you yeah. Get the dole, or how, I mean, a new start allowance, or how does it work? Um, yeah, so we get paid, some of us get paid to live there. Mm-hmm. This is the thing, so last started it was all volunteers right. many years ago, but then the volunteers got old, yep. and they were, and then they needed looking after, and last right. was like, oh, we can't look after our old assistants, so we'll pay people so they can look after themselves in old age. Right. So from that, so we get, you know, an income from, as a result of that, but... So who, who pays you? Uh, last Melbourne. So they've actually, it's an organisation that's got a funding stream. We, we and have a board and... and a board and yeah, all that. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's enough just to... You're not, you're not getting CEO salaries, are you? No, I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy to take CEO salaries, but bank account details will follow. <laughs> so just enough to live on, basically. Yeah, yeah. Covers yeah. your rent and food and that's about it. Yeah, it's not a teaching salary even. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> you haven't been overseas or bought uh, a yacht? Yeah, yeah, I went to New Zealand. I, <laughs> If I, if I saved hard, I could go. My, my friends got married in New Zealand in February. I got to go and be the best man. So, yeah, that was oh, right, Catholic right. worker farm. It was really yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So how many Catholic worker farms are there? Oh, there's lots in the States. There's one. No, in, no, but in Australia or New in Zealand. In Australia, there's uh, the Peter Moran farm up in Debra, right. with, where my good friend Jim Dowling lives. And yep. uh, then there's uh, the... Um, uh, I can't, I can't remember what they call their farm, the New Zealand Catholic, Catholic right, Worker Farm. Right, yeah. right. So, so, so what are Catholic workers? Mm, Catholic Worker was a newspaper originally in the 1930s, written yep. by a woman called Dorothy Day. Yeah, oh, yep, yep. yep. Yeah, you know her? Yeah, yep. you tell the story then. No, no, I don't know her personally. <laughs> Me either. Um, <laughs> but now they want to make her, at the time they hated her, now they want to make her a saint, which is the way. That's but, right, But yeah. it's based on the ideals of um, if the world's bad, you know, mm. fix it, feed the poor, yep. people homeless, give them somewhere to live in your house, that kind of thing. So it's, right. putting, it's called the Works of Mercy. And from that, actually, came, you know, the Plowshares movement actually came out of Catholic work mm, and they were heavily mm, connected and they, mm. you know, we're feeding people but we're still spending all this money on war, let's do something about mm-hmm. that. So, radical activism and radical means, you know, grassroots humanity all that stuff. Yeah. And that's, you know, all around the world now. So, yeah. how, how long have you been at 3CR? Uh, yeah, about three years. Three years. Yeah, just doing, I'm on the Radioactive show. Right. Um, right, uh, right. Yeah, and um, I did Monday breakfast for a while. So. Yeah, well, that, that, that is commitment, doing my breakfast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta get here early and you gotta read that shitty paper. So <laughs> that is real commitment. Have you got any plans for the future? Um, um, you know, like I said, each day is enough. I, again, just more, all, all that's really in my heart at the moment is just getting the word out about the things like the Lockheed Martin, getting in the way of war and living as peacefully as I can, which means living as joyously as I can too. Like, no, no. life is there to be enjoyed, not at the expense of others, which is what our economy does, but just, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm in a space of just enjoying where I live, enjoying, you know, who I'm living with and uh yeah, thinking of ways to drive a spoke into the wheel of injustice if I can. Yeah. If anyone Peacefully. Else wants to. Peacefully. Yeah. No. I don't want, I don't want you dragged out of here, mate. Not non violently. Not not while I'm here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Peacefully, non violently, uh, yeah. getting in the way of war, which yeah. I see is what yeah. we sh- you know, the the duty of all Christians in Australia. Okay. And all good Australians of good conscience. Well oh. Doctor J, thanks for your time. <laughs> That's what I like about Greg. He's, maybe I'll give him the program, Radical Australia. Would you like to run this program? Well, what's it pay? Nothing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, now, you've got all the contacts, Joe. Like, the people you get on your show, I'm like, how do you, you just know them all, mate. Like, I don't know anyone. No, no, other people do the work for me. Oh, Although, yes. occasionally, I do line up a few interesting people. How did you go today? 
very badly. <laughs> Mr. Greg Rolls, thank you for coming in and sharing your life with us. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, you'll be an example to other people. And uh, I uh, congratulate you on what you've done so far. And obviously you've got another 30 or 40 years on the planet. Inshallah, inshallah, God no, willing, you never know. Yeah, well, well, it's got nothing to do with God, whether you live or die is my opinion. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, yeah. but uh, if, you, if you keep on this project projectory, you'll be fine. Thanks. Sorry for using the military analogy there. No, well, you know, that's all right. It's uh, good to come out all guns blazing. <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's roll out. And th- thanks for your work, Joe.